program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan. I don't care if you're LeBron James. I don't care if you're whoever. Sports are viewed as an avenue to get away from society's problems. That's the bottom line. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Mad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, August 28th morning. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls as we always do. 844-843-6879. That's toll free. 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well, right here again on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Well, the NBA remains a no-go. NHL skating on thin ice. MLB says the show must go on, at least for some. Uh, How about a sweep? Scared straight for adults. Sit down and shut up, LeBron. It's 2020. You taking the court. Wow, Draymond making sense. Uh, What's this? The, The mic? Hello, hello? It's still on? Wow. Uh, you be the judge, Stanky fans. You got to love Bruce and sad news from Arizona. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, tweets right here. Bagels and Bad Beats again on this Friday, August 28th. What's up, my friends? Another day of a social unrest. Uh, some sports to talk about, some craziness in San Diego. Boy, you talk about just coming back from the absolute dead. That's what the San Diego Fathers did last night and the first of a uh, doubleheader with the Seattle Mariners. And uh, there was some baseball, believe it or not. I don't know if the social unrest, the people's minds weren't into it. Some teams were, some weren't. But, you know, we had four doubleheaders last night. Three of them ended up in sweeps, which is really, really rare. So kind of, kind of a strange day uh, in Major League Baseball for sure. We'll get to stuff that's going on. NBA still off tonight, as it was last night. Same thing with the NHL. A lot to get to. 844-843-6879. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beat. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. 12 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones here in a little bit. 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter, at OppositePicks. Email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon, and uh, fire away. Uh, How about starting with some stuff that actually occurred last night before we start with stuff that did not occur? Uh, because there was some craziness in Major League Baseball. We love baseball here. How about the Padres last night? The Fathers scoring seven runs after two were out in the bottom of the seventh inning. They beat Seattle in the first of a uh, day-night, if you will, or d- doubleheader. Remember, these get doubleheaders only go seven innings. But you just think about the the uh, logistics of that and, and everything that's involved. I mean, it really, the San Diego Padre team is riding a crest wave. of I, I don't know how far it's going to go. Uh, as far as postseason, I don't know when they match up against the better teams, will they really prevail? But it's it's a good story. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., another home run. Manny Machado, another home run. In fact, he had a couple of them. He's got, now got five in his last five games. They hit back-to-back shots in the sixth inning. But that all said, they're still trailing 7-3 to three in the bottom of the seventh inning. Again, remember the last inning. First batter up, France strikes out swinging. Okay, no big deal. 
Second batter up, Profar grounds out to the pitcher. All right, no big deal. You know, they're down 7-3. to three. There's two out, bottom of the seventh inning, last inning. There's two games, remember? So, you know, the guy's got to be thinking, all right, this one is done. Let's move on to the next one, right? Uh, so the next batter gets hit by a pitch. All right, no, no big deal. Then the next batter walks. Now we got first and second. Then the next batter, Tetis Jr., walks again. Then Machado lines a single to left, scoring a couple of runs, and all of a sudden, San Diego's right back in it. And uh, eventually, a couple of wild pitches, or at least a pass ball, and uh, another run scores, and then Hosmer singles to right. That scores Machado. That ties the game at seven. They finally, 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 finally make a pitching change after all that. I know the guy's the closer, but clearly they're Skip. He doesn't have it. And uh, Altavia comes in, whoever the fudge that is, gives up a nice three-run, 900-foot home run to Eric Hosmer. And there you go. The Padres win a 10-7. to Wow. You, you talk about just character for San Diego. Knowing now, if this was the only game, maybe, but knowing that there was another game to be played, and these players really just want to get these games over with, hence the seven-inning games versus nine-inning games, for them to rally 7-3, scoring seven runs, after two were out, completely after two were out. Not like they had the bases loaded with two out. There was nobody on. Uh, I'll tell you what. There's two games that stand out to me in Major League Baseball this year. This one and then the Atlanta Braves against the Philadelphia Phillies about three weeks ago. They're down 13-1, to one, bottom of the ninth. They're actually maybe top of the ninth. But they're last at bat, and they proceed to score seven runs. They make a game of it. They don't win. They lose 13-8 to eight or 9. But the Phillies, you know, with a 13-1 lead, you know, in, in a season which the virus is striking everything and no one wants to really be there and blah, 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 blah. And they didn't give up and scored seven runs or so at the top of the ninth inning and had to bring the Philadelphia Philly closer in to shut the door. Uh, impressed me a lot about the character of the Braves never, ever, ever, ever giving up. And they've got a few rallies this year, in, which turned out to be wins. And then this one right here. Uh, again, you, you score, you know, seven runs after two were out. And, you know, let's face it, you know, everyone's going to make the postseason, even San Diego, you know, 19 and 13. Now uh, they do lose the second game of the doubleheader, but, you know, chances are very, very, very good. They're making the playoffs. So it's not life and death on every single game. And for them to have the character to be able to score seven runs. Well, you just talk about a brutal loss for Seattle. Although I will tell you, you know what? They scored with five runs in the nightcap of the first inning and they end up winning the second game. So any kind of a hangover from blowing that game, throw that the notion right out the window. So 10-7, San Diego does win the first. They lose the second one, 8-3. to As I mentioned, you had the four doubleheaders yesterday. Dodgers sweep San Francisco. And you know what's weird about it all? It, clearly, clearly there were some teams that just weren't there mentally. Dodgers sweep the Giants 7-0 and 2-0. Uh, Cincinnati sweeps Milwaukee 6-1 and 6-0. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. The stinking, lousy, god-awful Pirates swept St. Louis 4-3 to and 2 nothing. So out of the six games, a little quirky this year, out of those six games, you had one, two, three, four shutouts. And one other game where Milwaukee, in this case, scored just one run. So, I, you know, you can make the case, I'm sure the Brewers' minds weren't there. The Giants' minds, you know, apparently weren't there. And, uh, you know, you get swept by St. Louis, a team that doesn't have 10 wins yet. Uh, clearly the St. Louis Cardinal mines weren't there either. Now, whether it was the social unrest or who knows what, but man, you can't, if you're a Cardinal fan and you are fighting for a playoff spot, you can't lose two to Pittsburgh. You just can't. And Milwaukee, boy, I, you know, they were one of my over teams this year and uh, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, they have just played lousy baseball. 
Uh, they lose a big series. I say big only because they lost to Pittsburgh over the weekend. The Pirates, which at that point had like seven wins, literally. Uh, and they get swept in that series. And now they're in the process of getting their brains beat out by Cincinnati. Boy, for a team that made the playoffs last year, for a team that was uh, literally an out away Josh Hader from going into the you know first real round uh, this year, last season, this year has just been a complete bust for the, for the Brewers. Just just an absolute complete bust. So those are the games that were played last night. You had a couple of doubleheaders, four of them. Again, Padres split with Seattle. So seven games in all were canceled. There was no NBA last night. There was no NHL last night. And uh, if it matters, there was no WNBA last night as well. And it does not appear that there's going to be any tonight. The NHL has already said no. NBA, for the most part, has said no. They'll practice. They'll get back on the court tonight, supposedly. But the games will resume on Saturday. And uh, I I don't know when. I'm assuming the WNBA will resume uh, action on Saturday as well and not uh, play tonight. So the the social unrest, the, the drama. Uh, of the the shooting has caused the, such heartache and such pain for these players that they can't get out there. I mean, I tell you, everything that occurs is just causing controversy. Just absolute everything. Man, it is going to be a long, 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 long two months from now until the election. And, and sadly, you know, listen, I hope they're right. But I, I don't know why we hear all the time, go vote, go vote, go vote, and pertaining to this issue. I, I don't – what do they think? If Trump wasn't in office, this wouldn't have occurred? Is that what they're thinking? I mean, if you think Joe Biden you know, is going to be in office for the next four years, then uh, the police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin, is going to all of a sudden turn into a normal person? Really? I mean, I, I don't get the correlation on some of this stuff. You know, I'm all for the cause and everything. Um, you know, and I'll give you the right, as everyone has, not to play. I don't buy into it. I don't like it. I don't know what they really think they're accomplishing. But it's such a feverish pitch right now that, listen, if you need a day away or even two days away, I, I don't agree with it. But, you know, I'm going to be in the camp of Draymond Green, who, who echoed the, what we're all kind of saying is it doesn't make any sense. Well, one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. It, it, in a lot of ways, it shows their arrogance that they're able to walk away because they're rich millionaires. And if they don't want to play, they're going to take their ball and go home. Whereas you and I don't have that luxury, but what, you know what? That's okay. I'm gonna, you know, fine. You, you don't, you don't want to play. Yeah, you, know, you want to make your your statement. I'd rather have. Let's put it this way. I'd rather have them do this than you know sit for the national anthem and raise fists and do all these other things that are gonna annoy America, uh, middle of America anyway. So if it means you know what, this is how you're gonna exercise your right by sitting out a game or two. Go ahead, but not knock yourself out if, if you want to. So, but the notion. That we hear all the time, uh, you know, that's thrown in there in the end, like, okay, go vote. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, again, are you blaming Trump for this? You, you, are you, re- I mean, really? Because uh, that's the, the thinking, you know, get Trump out of office. That, that's their way of saying, you know, go, bite, go vote uh, Joe Biden. I mean, do you really think that, again, if Joe Biden wins the election two months from now, that the, the police force is all of a sudden going to turn into good people and there's not going to be incidents all around the country? I mean, really, you really believe that? I mean, I, if you want to go Google police shootings, I'm sure, without knowing for sure, but I'm pretty sure you'll find some during the Barack Obama administration. I mean, it, one has nothing, nothing to do with the other. I, I, I don't, you know, understand that at all. And then I watched a little bit last night of the Four Letter Network, who had a little bit of a powwow with Stephen A. Smith and Jalen Rose and a couple of others. They showed some clips of Robert Ory, and I, I tell you, they're living in a delusional world. They, they really are. You know, one of the comments. Uh, I heard Doc Rivers say that he was wondering how many white fathers 
have had conversations with their sons and daughters about obeying police officers. And I almost fell off my seat. I'm like, are you kidding me, Doc? I have that every day with my kids. And they're as white as ghosts. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, white mothers and fathers do have that conversation. I, I mean, wow. If, if you don't think we have those conversations with our kids because we're white, boy, you really are clueless. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. We'll open up the phones, 844-843-6879 on a Friday morning with Scott Lefty. On this Friday morning, 844-843-6879. 25 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Again, 844-843-6879. Hop on board. We'll hit the phones here in a sec. I got a great, great, great idea. You know, I had a great idea yesterday saying that there should be a draft, and I still believe there should be a draft. Uh, clean up the streets and give these kids a little bit of direction. But I got even a better idea. Two of them, really. And we mentioned one yesterday, and I'll follow it up with another one today. First off, I mentioned yesterday, I do believe, and I'm not taking sides here. I, so this is for people on the left, people on the right, white, black, male, female, you name it. Everyone should really do it. Um, I do believe, especially these leaders who want to you know, be the, the spokespeople for the cause, whether it's LeBron, whether it's whoever, right? I still think, as we mentioned yesterday, that these guys should get in the backseat of a police car for a week, get a camera back there. And just have them travel around with police officers for a week and live the life of a police officer. I know there was actually a TV show like that. It got canceled recently because it was just too revealing. And they didn't want, you know, basically they didn't want to show people, yeah, you know what? It's it's not easy being a police officer, whether it's Kenosha, Wisconsin, or Topeka, Kansas, or New York City. Good luck. And you don't know, have fun sitting in the life of a police officer. And and as a, just as an eye-opening experience for again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Just to maybe allow um, the naysayers or the people that think the police officers are all bad, just to give them a week in the police officer's shoes and see how difficult it is dealing with the people they deal with every single day. You know, we can make cases, maybe the shifts. And this is when uh, when the right, you know, says, give us some specifics. This is what they really need to do. They need to sit down and say, all right, you know what? A police officer shift is six hours. You know what? Maybe that's just too much. Maybe the pressure of dealing with all the stuff they deal with is just you can't do it for six hours. You just can't every single day. Maybe we make it four hours. Maybe we make it three hours. Find out why the police officer is so quick to shoot somebody. You know, really sit down and analyze things. And part of that equation is, you know, have every single adult. It's kind of like, remember the, the old show Scared Straight? It's a show back in the... I don't know, 70s or 80s or so. And then there's like current versions of it. But basically it got popular in the 70s and 80s, whatever it was. They take a bunch of uh, high school kids and they bring them into jails and they throw them in jail basically for a day or at least they would give them a tour and they'd have all the, the guards and everyone yelling and screaming in their face. And then they'd have even more importantly, all the criminals yelling and screaming in their face and basically scare them straight and scared straight. Well, there should be, I, I think this would be a great idea. There should be an adult version of that now. Uh, and maybe it's not necessarily going to jail, although that's a pretty good idea. But my version would be sitting in the back seat of a police car. There, there should be, listen, we have a thousand, excuse me, a thousand. We had a million police officers. So, you know, we got to have enough police officers to, to spread the wealth, if you will. Every parent, every high school kid and older should be forced to sit in the back seat of a police car for a week, for a week. Go to some of these cities 
Go ahead and deal with some of the druggies and all the other bird brains that they have to deal with every single day, four to eight hours a day. And then you sit there and you tell me afterwards, yeah, you really should respect someone. When that person says he has a gun or doesn't have a gun, yeah, you really got to believe him. I know if I believe he doesn't, and I'm going to put my life on the line, but I'm going to believe him anyway because we deal with so many wholesome people. I, I pointed out yesterday, you know, you're not dealing with the good. There, there's plenty, plenty of good people in the cities and all around the country, obviously. But police officers aren't dealing with those people. You know, they're not getting a phone call from uh, Bill the Baker down the street saying, hey, come on over during your shift. I got a barbecue in the backyard. I got some nice burgers on the grill. No, they're not getting calls from those people. They're getting calls from people that are in anguish, that are in pain, that are getting mugged, or they're getting, you know, whatever. So they're dealing with that. They're seeing the bad portions of these cities every single day and every single phone call. Deal. Every parent, every 17-year-old or older, should have be should be forced to do that. I really believe that. I, I think it would be an eye-opening experience, and I think that we maybe appreciate the police officers a little bit more and some of the things that they have to go through. The other idea, which I think is a great idea, which would never happen because you know CNN and uh, the New York Times runs the world. I would have a serious sit down. I told you again yesterday there was a thirty for thirty. I think it was thirty for thirty, but one of those on um, on Ray Allen. And at one portion during the program, he said that, you know, we really need to have a sit down and both sides be able to listen to the other side without throwing out, uh, you know, you're a racist, you're this, you're a bum and you don't hate us, you don't like us and just have a real serious sit down. And I tell you what, if they ever did that, you know, whether it's CNN or Fox or whatever, and I'm not talking about, you know, I don't want the KKK and I don't want Al Sharpton and I don't want all these crazies in there. That's not about the you know, Morton Downey Jr., if you remember him. I don't I don't want that. I want to have serious black civil leaders and, and white civil leaders that can have an intelligent conversation without throwing, you know, the uh, you're a racist word around like it's, a, you know, a loose hubcap. Just be able to say and give some facts and stats and, hey, listen, why do you like uh, not like blacks? Why are you intimidated? Why don't you like police officers? Just be able to say those things and just listen to each other. I think that would be great TV or radio for that matter. I, I really do. I mean, if you got the right people that weren't afraid and you know, weren't worried about being politically correct, but weren't over the top. Again, I'm not looking for Morton Downey Jr. here. Um, I, you know, why CNN or Fox or someone hasn't put that together? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think it makes perfect sense to bring both sides together. And ultimately, that, that's what we all want. You know, whether you're on the left or the right or in the middle. You know, I, I think as a general rule, we all do want peace. We want our country to come back together as one, right? I mean, I think that would be phenomenal. I really do. Rather than have these athletes not play and piss people off and not stand for the national anthem and, you know, put their fists up and, and, and all this other, you know, Black Lives Matter, but you can't say all lives matter, all that other nonsense that is just pissing people off and dividing the country more and more and more. We need to be able to have a sit down. I'm watching this thing last night because it is so, you know, for as much as the black person thinks the white person doesn't get it, um, I, I'll tell you the white person, you know, thinks the black person doesn't get it either. And when I hear Doc Rivers last night, you know, and I'm not ripping him per se, I'll just give you an example of how he doesn't get it. Again, he was wondering about how many white fathers have had conversations with their sons and daughters about obeying the police officers. I mean, again, I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, Doc, are you kidding me? What, what do you, you think white fathers don't have those conversations? Of course we do. 
You know, my son is 20. My daughter is 18. My, my other daughter is 15. I've had those conversations a zillion times with my kids. And again, they're as white as white can be. I mean, you, of course you do. You don't have that kind of luxury. Who knows what, what a police officer will do on a Saturday night and he thinks maybe you're a DWI when in reality you're not. Absolutely. I mean, really, are you that clueless? You don't think that we don't have those conversations? Really? Do you think we live that kind of luxurious life that we just assume a police officer is going to see us because we're white and believe any story we say? Really? And I'll tell you, the other thing that was very despondent about the, the show last night when I was watching it is they all made it seem like it was this big sacrifice to tell their kids to obey police officers. I'm like, and, and, and Robert Ory had this emotional speech and Jalen Rose as well, you know, uh, telling he, he was like almost forced to tell his kids to do whatever they want. Don't fight back. You know, if you're if you're dealing with a police officer, just say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And don't worry about fighting back. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 exactly. That's what you do. They were making it like it was this big sacrifice. No, respect the police officer. If you respect the police officer, then you know what? 99.99999% of the time, everything will be fine. Yes, you obey the police officer. Yes, you swallow a little pride. Yes, you succumb to, you know what? You're at the mercy of the police officer. So respect the badge. Respect what he has to do. Respect who he has to deal with again every single day. He doesn't know you from a hole in the wall, whether you're white, black, green, purple. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like, wow, you got to change that attitude. It's not a big sacrifice to, to obey a police officer. What are you kidding me? Uh, I, I just, it's amazing. So that's what I mean by they don't, you know, they don't get our side. We don't get their side. Having a sit-down TV show where you had logical, not over-the-top zanies, just logical civil leaders, I think that would be great TV. I really, I, I think it would. I don't know why they don't do it. Um, they just as soon, you know, divide the country than they would unite the country. Somewhere along the line, we got to figure out a way to unite the country, not divide the country. And again, if you keep thinking Joe Biden's going to make a difference, I mean, I listen, I wish it was that easy. I, I hope you're right. You know, if Biden wins, I hope everyone is all happy. I hope the police officer's tension goes down. I hope there's no more grief, no more strife. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to be all happy because uh, Trump is out of office. I, You know what? And then we're all going to live a peaceful world. And I hope you're right, but I really doubt things are going to change. I really do. But if that's what makes you, you know, get up in the morning, you know, if that's what's going to get you to the, the, the voting booth, if you think that's going to make a difference, you know, Knock yourself out. But I, I don't think that's going to matter one bit. I, I really don't. So, but, you know, listen, I've been wrong before, but I don't know why a police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin, or, uh, you know, Minnesota is in the back of his mind, oh, wait, Trump's in office. Okay, so I'm going to shoot the guy. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Biden's in office. That's right. He won the election. Okay, I'm not going to shoot you. I, you know, I, I'm not going to have the grief at home. I'm not going to have the anguish at home. I'm not going to, you know, worry about, you know, dealing with people that want to, you know, shoot me behind my back. No, no, I'm not going to worry about that because Biden's in office. Okay. You know, uh, whatever. I, you know what? hope you're right, like I said. But didn't have NBA last night. Not going to have NBA tonight. That's the thinking. Definitely not going to have NHL tonight. No NHL last night. They're a little late to the party. I don't know why they felt compelled to have two days off. You know, because most are getting back into the swing of things, you know, uh, tonight. But um, they're saying no more tonight. So it's, it's going to all resume on Saturday. So you're going to have a number of these games. It's going to be a crazy weekend, that's for sure. I don't know how they're going to all jam it in. But uh, NFL, we had nine teams cancel practice yesterday. Don't know about the schedule for later on today. 
We had three WNBA games canceled yesterday. Again, don't know specifically about today. But, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, by this weekend, uh, things will be back to, to somewhat normal as far as the uh, sports schedule is concerned. And uh, Draymond Green actually making sense. We'll get to that next. And uh, how about the NBA telling LeBron to get lost? That's all coming up. Big with the Bad Beats on a Friday morning with Scott Leslie. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Again, bagels and bad beats on this uh, Friday morning. Forty minutes past the hour. Eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine. Let's uh, hit some phones here. I believe Richie in uh, West Virginia is first up on board. Rich, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Oh, thank you too much. You know, you were talking about. Uh, I agree with everything you say about being in the back of a police cruiser and seeing what's going on, because. Not on this station, but on another local station here in Wheeling. There's a person on there who did that simulator. Him, he had another friend of his go in the back. I guess that's what it was, a simulator, to be in the situation that they're in. And he said he would have been killed three or four times on the decisions that he made. And how difficult it is to make those split-second decisions that police may have to make. So he's one that realizes what it's like. And I'll tell you what, you were talking about the four-letter with Stephen Smith. What I heard last night, I never turned CNN on like I did. I turned them on at 625 last night. I heard Stephen Smith on there. They were Wolf Blitz was uh, interviewing him. Right. And he's talking about how powerful the uh, NBA is, that they can afford to take off. And he, he was just going on and on about uh you know, the Black Lives Matters, and he walked off the set and all that because of the situation. And then you had Bob Costas come on after him, basically sucking up to him, and Wolf Blitzer was doing the same thing. And here's what I wanted to say about it. When it comes to that person who was the one who was shot, uh, I, I mean, I told you this one time when I called you that when his mother went in to visit him, he said to her, uh, I'm sorry, Mom. He said that, and last night I heard on CNN that he was handcuffed to the bed. Now, I don't know if Wolf Blitzer mentioned that or not, but they said he was handcuffed to the bed that he's in. He said to his dad, why did they shoot me seven times? Why would you be handcuffed to the bed? Why would you say, I'm sorry, Mom? If, you, if, you, if you're handcuffed to the bed, that tells me that they're afraid of you. The people in the hospital are afraid of you for what you did. And anybody who saw, I don't know if you saw it or not, but if you saw it, he's repeated a number of times what he did when he went to the door, the car door, they walked past him to the car door, opened the door, they talked about he had a knife. There was a knife on the floor that he could have picked up and maybe stabbed him or had some kind of gun or something like that. That's why you've got to be in that situation. And it sounds to me like I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, or anything, it sounds like he was the one that he was the problem. He was the one that started to know. Did they have to shoot him seven times? That I don't know about that. But it sure sounds like you're handcuffed to the bed and everything else went on. He's not an innocent victim. 
like all these Stephen Smith and Bob Costners are sort of putting them in there. I don't think so. Yeah, like and the other thing, I was reading, uh, I was reading somewhere where he was actually only hit four out of the seven shots. Uh, and I always say that just because I, I'm amazed. I mean, the guy was like two feet in front of the guy. I mean, I don't know how you missed three times. I mean, <laughs> you must be one lousy shot if you can't hit a guy that's literally two feet in front of you. But you know, that said, yeah, hey, listen. Uh, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. He was wrong in, in that he, you know, he got into, a, you know, the other video shows he got into a fight with the police officers. He wouldn't stay on the ground. They told him several times, stop, stop, stop. They even tasered him, and that didn't stop him. Uh, then he goes into the car. You know, he told the police officers he had a knife. He, you know, I guess was going to get it. You know, would he have turned around and start stabbing the police officers? Who knows? I, I, I kind of doubt that, but you just don't know. But, you know, that doesn't give the right for the police officer to shoot him in the back seven times or four times, whatever the case may be. Uh, but then again, if the guy just listens to the police officer and just stays on the ground and they figure out what the fudge is going on, then none of this all occurs. It, it's just one progressive mistake after the other. And uh, it, it just it created another, you know, you know, crazy situation for our country because it gave him something to, to latch on to. Again, as I pointed out before. If you want to Google tragedy and put white person, black person, male, female, Democrat, Republican, you will find something every single day. You know, I would just like for someone to challenge the people that are, you know, bringing this incident up and just say, all right, you know what, 100% right, shouldn't have got shot, no two ways about it. But, you know, in, uh, you know, for the Detroit Lions, as we brought up yesterday, you know, there's 260 deaths in the Detroit area already this year. How come that didn't prompt you to, to yell and scream? You know, all the, the Larry Nasser stuff in the state of Michigan, all the stuff that went on in the University of Michigan as well uh, with the sexual abuse, that 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 didn't move you, okay? One guy who, you know, doesn't listen to the police officers, that causes all this stuff, um, you know, but that's that's 2020. There's videos of this stuff. There's not videos of Nasser, and, and there's not videos of some of these other things, I suppose, and when it's thrown in your face like that, it's kind of like the Ray Rice situation, right? And I appreciate the phone call, Richard, you know, now, what really escalated the Ray Rice situation a few years back is when the video of the uh, elevator door opened up. That That's what really, wow. Okay, when it's thrown in your face like that, then they feel compelled to make a statement. And uh, I will say this about the NBA. You know, the NBA's had it pretty good. And we've touched on this before. And now it's like kind of welcome to our world. I'm sure there's a little bit of the NFL and Major League Baseball, NHL to a lesser extent, that's saying, yeah. Welcome to finally our world. What do I mean by that? Well, the NFL, for the longest time, has had to deal with all the other nonsense that's going on with, with contracts and holdouts. Um, not necessarily steroids, but they have their own issues, you know, whether it's contracts and players holding out and that sort of thing. Major League Baseball's big headache clearly is steroids, right? You know, you can do steroids in the NFL and no one's going to give a rat's behind. But, you know, you do steroids in Major League Baseball, you're a pariah, you're a cheater, you're this, you're that, who's on, who's off. So Major League Baseball's had to deal with the stigma of steroids. Football's had to deal with the, you know, the ever never-ending, you know, uh, player contract hassle and holdout and everything else. And, you know, um, also the, the dealing with, with the national anthem, right? That didn't happen in the NBA. That happened in the NFL. So Roger Goodell's had to deal with that headache for a couple of years now. Uh, hockey... Nothing really in hockey, but you know who cares about hockey except me. But majorly, but the NBA, they've been they've been scot clean. They haven't dealt with the national anthem kneeling. They don't deal with steroids. 
They don't deal with contract holdouts. So you give the NBA player as much as you possibly want, whatever you want. There you go. You know what? The rules say I can give you a 30% raise. I'm going to give you a 30% raise. There's no negotiating. There's no hassles. You you basically pick and choose wherever the fudge you want to go with whatever you know friend you want to go with. The NBA has had a nice, charmed life over the last 5, 10 years where these other leagues have had nothing but issues whether it's the flake gate with the Patriots and, and Belichick and Brady and everything else that's gone on. NBA, meanwhile, has just skated nice and easy. Uh, you know, NFL's got problems, huh? Eh, too bad. We're okay. Our guys don't kneel. How come? I don't know. <laughs> they make more than the NFL player, I'll tell you that. I, I got guys making $30, $40 million a year. Uh, they're not kneeling, though. You know, they, they make too much money. You know, baseball, oh, you got steroids? Really? We don't care about steroids. We don't need steroids. Our guys are 6'10 and can dribble like they're four foot. I mean, they don't need anything more than what they have right now. So we don't deal with that issue. Now they finally have come into the NFL and NBA's and MLB's world. Now they finally have their own little issue to deal with. Uh, and that is obviously this and whether they're going to play or not. And now somewhere... There's a little, 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 little piece of Roger Goodell and Rob Manfred that's saying to Adam Silver, welcome to our world, brother. Welcome to our world. What are you going to do? And I got to tell you, someone mentioned this to me the other day during the podcast, and he was right. I think it was Huck uh, from Missouri. You know, the NBA owner has been pretty good to the NBA player. They really have. You know, they give them these monster, ridiculous contracts to mediocre ball players. No problem. Go ahead and do it. You want Black Lives Matter on the basketball court, even though that's not really our fight? Okay, go do it. Uh, you want to put slogans on the back of your jerseys, even though, again, that's not our fight, and that's really probably going to you know, uh, piss off a lot of people in middle of America? You know what? That's okay. Go do it. Uh, you want to come back and, and play eight games so we can have some more teams involved in the postseason? We'll make some more money? Okay, go do it. Uh, whatever you want. LeBron, you want to do this? LeBron, you want to do that? Do here, there, whatever the case may be? Fine, go ahead and go do it. They've been pretty good to the NBA player. So if the NBA player turns around and cancels the season, knowing full well the owners are making most of their money in the postseason, which would be eliminated, and the players have made most of their money in the regular season, which they've already collected, that would be pretty low. That that would be pretty low. Um to throw that back in the owner's face. And the owner again has been pretty good. Pretty good to the NBA player. They've done some things that I'm sure they realize is going to rankle their, their fan base, but they've done it anyway. Uh, they haven't gotten any grief, you know, on, on some of these other issues. They have allowed them to make a gazillion dollars. Um, they, they really have been pretty darn good to the NBA player. And for the NBA player to turn around, now they're not, it doesn't appear, but had the NBA player turned around and said, we're going to cancel the rest of the postseason, that, that would have been a slap in the face to the owners for sure. Just, just, you know, but fortunately, they did not do that. You know, fortunately, it's only going to be a day or two, and it looks like they're going to resume, you know, uh, on Saturday. I am, though, amazed about LeBron. I tell you what, you know, we all think that LeBron is the be-all, end-all when it comes to the NBA, whatever he wants, he gets. But there have been now two incidents where the NBA Players Association not 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 the NBA owners. The NBA Players Association has told LeBron, you know what? Get lost. We don't want you. We don't care what you want. You want left? We're going right. You want right? We're going left. Two incidents. One, remember with the jersey. 
You know, they they came up with, uh, what was it, 20 slogans or so on names you could put and slogans you could put in the back of the jersey. LeBron, one of the rare, 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 rare players that does not have a slogan on the back of his jersey. When asked, you know, how come, LeBron, you've been such a vocal point, you've been such a, a leader in, in the cause here, why aren't you putting something on the back of your jersey, whether it's equality, whether it's say your name, whether it's Black Lives Matter, it, it could have been any of those things. How come you're not doing it, LeBron? Well, because I wasn't uh, asked about my opinion, or at least my opinion wasn't taken into account. So I have a different, his words, a different agenda right now. So all the other NBA players that have agreed to put the, something on the back of their jersey, that's their agenda. But because LeBron was basically told, we don't care what you want. We're just going to use these. He's going to go take his basketball and go home. So there's strike number one, the players. And these were the players that came up with these things, along with the owners. But, you know, he was not, you know, confided in and asked what he thinks. So LeBron gets told to, you know, get, get lost once. And now this week, the supposedly, you know, all the accounts say that LeBron and the Lakers and the Clippers, for that matter, did not want to resume the season, this postseason. But those are the two teams that supposedly said thanks, but no thanks. We'll end. And I, I find that a surprise just because we all know how much LeBron wants to win an NBA championship. So. Uh, but he apparently, he and the Lakers and uh, Kawhi and the Clippers both voted apparently not to continue the season. And the Players Association said, well, too bad. Well, we're going to do it anyway. I don't know if they realistically could have had a, a, a postseason continue without the two most prominent teams, two out of the three anyway with Milwaukee. But more importantly, they told LeBron, I don't care. Uh, you know what? You don't want to play? Too bad. We do. And LeBron supposedly didn't even speak that much or if at all during their Wednesday meeting yesterday or two days ago. I mean, for a guy who professes to be the face of the franchise, the face of the NBA, for him not even to have a say in whether they play or not again. Wow. That's I'm impressed. NBA Players Association. I really am. You basically told LeBron James, F you, get lost. We don't care what you want. Kudos to the Players Association. Join the club. Bagels and Mad Beats on a Friday morning with Scott Wetzel. We'll wrap up now number one next. Sun is Friday morning, 844-843-6879. We'll hit some more phones next hour. Some good news. Well, good news. I shouldn't say that, but news anyway. Notre Dame football. Uh, they announced that they've scheduled South Florida for September 19th. You know, the ACC, remember they're playing in the ACC this year officially uh, because of the virus. So uh, they're going to be playing all ACC teams. And they generally play, what was it, four or five every year anyway. But uh, they're playing South Florida September 19th as their non-conference game. Every ACC team is, is able to schedule one non-conference game. And really, I tell you, now South Florida is not awful, the Bulls, but, you know, they're not, uh, you know, scheduling Florida or Florida State even uh, or, you know, another prominent team. They're, it's South Florida. You know, uh, the Citadel is playing, I think it's South, uh, is it South Carolina or Clemson? 
you know, these extra games that the ACC teams are getting, they're, they're throwaway games. They're, they're, they're just, you know, they might as well just be scrimmages. I don't, you know, I don't know why they, they stretch the rules to allow one more game. And in the end, most of these teams are playing a bunch of stiffs. So what, what was the point? Aside from getting people into the stands, and I don't know how many people are going to be allowed in the stands anyway, but Notre Dame signed a three-game contract with South Florida, two games in South Bend, one uh, down in the Miami area, and the first one's going to be September 19th. So that's your extra Notre Dame game. For those who are wondering you know, who the Irish were going to play, well, that that is it. So uh, no, nothing crazy there. Uh, you know, you got to wonder what Tom Brady is thinking. Bucks head coach Bruce Arias telling his players yesterday, take responsibility. Take it into action. I don't know that protest is an action. I think each guy has a personal thing. I'd beg them to take action, find a cause, do something serious. You know, I mean, he's basically telling the guys to protest. And, and you know, if you're Tom Brady, after living life with Bill Belichick, he's got to be saying, what the fudge? You know, I went from not being able to say hi, hello, or whatever to the media to a head coach telling me to go take action, do more than just protest because that's not going to get it done. I mean, you talk about the antithesis for Tom Brady in the two worlds that he has been living. Wow. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. Phone calls coming up. More to get to. Scott Wetzel sitting in on this Friday. Coming up on uh, exactly top of the hour.